0: is the oil country podcast
1: presented by the hockey podcast network every team everywhere
0: hello 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 everybody welcome back to the oil country podcast what episode are we on call 39 i think we're about to crack 40
1: i i well for the hockey podcast network i think we're there yes yeah, individually we're higher yeah. than that yeah
0: good start yeah <laughs> As always from (laughs) Edmonton, Alberta, I am your host, John. Joining me from Montreal, Quebec, with the smooth and sexy pipes throwback there is Kyle. Uh, Before we get going into our bullshitting and episode following that, I do want to remind everybody we are partnered with Alley Cat as well. If you go into the Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta, drop the code to your waitress, bartender, waiter, whoever, THPN, you get 10% off your bill. We are also going to be recording there when Kyle visits me in Edmonton on Saturday, February 29th, before we go to the Jets game. So if anybody wants to come hang out, drink some beers, we're probably going to get filthy loaded. Disgustingly loaded, probably. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) disgustingly loaded. We're just going to make fools (laughs) of ourselves. So we're only going to be recording briefly there, kind of just catching up and stuff. But anyways... Come, have a good time, and yeah, we'll hang out and get fucking sloppy before that game. And if anybody's coming to the Jets game, hit us up on that text line, five eight seven four one five two eight nine four. We can meet up and you can meet your true heroes, John and Kyle. I can't even get through that. Jesus. Good start. We're already absolute disasters, but good start to the episode. Kyle, without further ado, how are you doing, man?
1: Well, I mean, fuck, you were talking about disasters. I thought I came down with coronavirus earlier today i thought i was canada's newest case i couldn't stop shitting and puking
0: <laughs> wow we're getting we're like that's very revealing right right out of the get-go
1: i'm sorry i hope
0: we have some like new listeners to this episode and they're like wow
1: these guys are <laughs> this is jokes, very but, aggressive so start, you yeah. don't
0: actually have the coronavirus obviously though no
1: i feel fantastic now um i i kind of thought about it that. I, oh, yeah. I really honestly man i was at work all day today and i like, couldn't stand online for more than like five minutes without being like okay bathroom time mom bathroom, bathroom. But, uh, yeah. Bring the bucket. No, I, uh, I, you know, thought about what did I eat? What did I do? And I I ate two grilled cheeses last night and I'm pretty lactose intolerant. So I figured out that I don't have coronavirus. (laughs)
0: What? That story went from, I thought I had coronavirus to, I'm lactose intolerant
1: and I ate dairy. Dude, I've been so worried. I was trying to think of like, what cruise ships was I on last you know, I, I don't know. It's Chinese New Year. I think it was happening. in Chinatown here too. I was, you know, I was worried. I just, you know, trying to stay ahead of the curve. That, that's all, buddy. I was just. I just picture you
0: going into the hospital and you're like, oh, I think you got to quarantine me. I think I have coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> and then like I have the runs once like and I'm like, actually, I'm fine, dude. And they're like, to go. oh, huh. like, what did, yeah, what did you eat? And you're like, oh, well, like I only had grilled cheese sandwiches last and night. And like three like, glasses of chocolate milk It says you're lactose intolerant right here. It's, oh, you're a disaster. The Kyle. thing is, though, is that I
1: always forget that I'm pretty lactose. Like, dude, I'll smash half a pizza and then just die or like eat ice cream. And then I, like I wake up at four in the m- Dude, I wake up at four it's in the morning. Is ice cream are worth it though? Uh, it, yes, it is. But I wake up at four in the morning and I feel like somebody just murdered my stomach. Like, Sorry, on that yeah.
0: side, I've, I've got a side note here. Yeah, My mom used to buy peanut butter ice cream from M&M's Meat Shop when I was a kid.
1: Ooh, I miss M&M's, and yeah.
0: without fail, it's like a big, like it was like a little pail, like not, a, not like the four liter big vanilla things, but it's like a good size pail, probably like a liter and a half, two liters maybe. And without fail, every time she bought it, I used to binge eat the whole thing as like a 12 year old and then have diarrhea for like two days after. And I'd like, while you're sick, you're like, never again. I'm not doing that. Like I need to have will, willpower. Like a month later, she goes to m M&M Meat Shops, buys it, like rinse and repeat for like a year, man, probably two years. I still like, I still love that ice cream and I don't buy it for that exact reason. That honestly, just, John, weak.
1: that sounds like 27 years of my life. I swear to God, I forget that I can't <laughs> eat milk all the time, dude. Like, I, so,
0: so what everyone's learning about us is we have absolutely no willpower <laughs> whatsoever.
1: I think it's more that I smoke too much weed and then I'm just like fucking, you know ice okay. cream and whatever you've been doing that for 27 years though i mean 15. i think this yeah. is more of an underlying issue probably issue. i think it's more just that i'm <laughs> stupid i think more than anything yeah. okay fair yeah. at least you're
0: honest with yourself <laughs> okay.
1: gotta be i've heard myself talk on this podcast fuck <laughs> yeah you have
0: you have proof like thrown right in your face that it's like there's literal hours of stupid proof. things yeah. you're saying
1: <laughs> all right well anyways john i guess speaking about me having coronavirus I think I had a place that maybe you can make a little bit of money off that. I don't actually know if you could make bets on it, but with mybookie.ag, who knows? Maybe you could I actually... Just
0: spat my beer out of <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> go, sorry. Go, sorry. Go, go, go. Do your ad
1: read. Holy shit. <laughs> with mybookie.ag, you could potentially make bets on what is the next country. Oh my God, sorry. shit that. <laughs> <laughs> With mybookie.ag, you could potentially make bets on what's the next country to contract the virus. Are the people on the cruise ships, are they going to get off in two weeks? Will it be longer? Uh, where is the next country somebody might die? These are all things that you could potentially make money on with mybookie.ag. If potentially terminal viruses aren't your game, don't worry, man. mybookie has got everything. They got NBA, NHL, Premier League. They got the fastest payouts, best promotions. Maybe not coronavirus, but they got other promotions and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout, like our dirtbag friend John over here, who likes to consistently parlay shit. I don't know if he's actually winning or not, but you can do it here, too. Let's say you got a couple big favorites this week. Parlay Wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand to bet on coronavirus and where it's going next, you'll actually get an extra grand of free money to play with. So you can put down three. All you have to do is put in our promo code THPN to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid.
0: Honestly, best ad read we've ever had. I genuinely spat beer all over my computer. So thank you for that. I also, if anybody's played the game Plague Inc., I bet you Greenland and Madagascar have the highest odds. Those payouts are probably like 10,001 oh, for the next place that's going to go. Everybody knows diseases just don't, they just don't hit Madagascar or Greenland.
1: Yo, every plague lord has got to know, like, you start on Madagascar. Like, that is that's that's tips oh, that. man, i
0: started italy because it's centrally located and on easy and i cheat i usually win so
1: do you think we could try to get a promo code from um plague.inc as well plaguing maybe we should message them <laughs> hey? huh.
0: isn't it what's it like 12 bucks till like, i get unlock all the stuff or something i actually played that game like two days ago. i love it's that game enough. like like shout okay. out to Plague Inc. but we, yes we should message it <laughs> Jesus, we're absolute disasters today. Enough BS and let's get into the Oilers or around the league talk and then the Oilers talk. Stay tuned, everybody. Okay, everybody. On today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of an around the league segment for, I don't know, five or ten minutes to start. Talk about that nurse contract that's rumored at this time that Kyle and I are recording Sunday night. Probably going to be confirmed by Monday morning when you're listening to us. We're going to kind of just... Assume that that's getting signed. And then obviously we're going to do recaps of the loss to the Sharks as well as that big, big comeback victory against the Nashville Predators. But let's get into it around the league. So the first thing I wanted to talk about, Kyle, is that shit going on with the Arizona Coyotes. And I'm not talking about the dumpster fire that they've become on the ice, even Ouch. at Taylor Hall. I'm t- <laughs> yeah, that was honestly like a little uncalled that for. That was I'm a dig and pretty, half. Like, They're doing pretty like all right. Yeah. But anyways, I don't know if anybody listening has heard, but there's the Yotes from a report I saw. It's still kind of like it was tough to get confirmed info. So don't quote me if I'm wrong here. I'm going to will maybe tweet out if this all gets confirmed. But the Oats have been fined $250,000 per violation of illegally physically testing draft prospects. Darren Drager reported that there was over 20 violations of physical testing. And I was kind of out of the loop on this as of like today or yesterday. But so I did like a little bit of looking in and from what I could find there was a lot of Coyotes fans claiming that there was reports and rumors saying that all the Yotes did was ask about prospects diet and exercise, which they're kind of clinging to saying they're like, oh, that's all we did. Like, this is no big deal. But then there's other reports that came out that said the Yotes asked players or prospects to show up in workout gear to these meetings with them And I'm like, I got to call bullshit on the just asking about diet and exercise there. Like, nothing's really been confirmed as far as I know right now. But if you're asking guys to show up in workout gear, I'm going to guess there's some illegal physical testing like the reports are saying. Like, am I, where are we at here, Kyle? Like, it's weird all around and kind of funny.
1: I I can kind of see it bound to happen, right? Um as the league gets bigger and bigger, every team is going to be looking for that edge. I mean, you kind of seen what happened with the NFL in the past. I mean, just just to call it a team, right? Like the the Patriots, because they've kind of had the biggest Deflate Gate scandal. They're
0: much deserving to get called team. For, for
1: sure, right? But I mean, there's also <laughs> been calls of them like looking at other um, other teams. Sign calling and stuff for uh, for their plays that they give right the players just the field.
0: baseball stuff just came out that was a well, huge well well actually scandal.
1: football as well but then baseball I was going to mention too with the Astros with the with the sign stealing right, right. and then banging in the back okay. so so I think that every league like there's always going to be people that are looking for the edge right and if you can just kind of get that extra glimpse into who these prospects are going to be and who you should focus on uh, as an organization before every other team gets to see them at the draft. I, I mean, of course it's going to happen, right? Whether, whether it's right or not, but of course it's not. And they deserve the fine.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's like, do you almost think, Yeah. do you almost think it's like not harsh enough? Cause like, if you look at it, like it's hard to say what advantage they had, but if that, like this could have been going on, the advantage is very minimal, honestly, like, but I mean, but do you know for sure that it was minimal? What if that, that physical testing made them take a player over someone else and that player they were going to take busted and they ended up getting, you know, it's like the, the potential consequences or the potential advantages of this. Like, I'm not saying they are for sure, but potentially they could be very high,
1: I guess. Sorry. Yeah. To rephrase myself, it's minimal at, at face value. Right. Um, but but yeah, like you say too, right? Like it, it, to me, it doesn't matter for the first kind of thirty kids that are going to go in the draft, anyways. It, it kind of matters to me more for the kids that but are further really? down, huh? I mean, yeah, it does. I mean, like, Sorry, it does. I'm not trying to argue that. I'm, round, I'm not though. trying yeah. saying like it's a big difference. I'm just, I'm just saying if you can kind of sight out kids that you're going to pick in the later rounds where it's a lot more of a crop shoot rather than kind of everybody knows who the top at least at least top 10 to top 20 players are going to be slotting around like uh like what position they're going to go but in right I, so so i agree I with just you i the- i agree with you like just getting that kind of edge in the future and knowing more about a player uh down the line um i i don't like I, i'm not disagreeing with you i guess the penalty should be steeper but it's a first time thing 250k a player is pretty steep um i i think it's more on i think it's more that it wasn't caught uh faster right like i would think that it's wild yeah if there was this kind of discussion of like having these players come in for these physical assessments you would think that coaches in whatever league that they're from or parents or or who not like th- there would have been some chatter and some people in higher up management in the NHL would have probably got some sort of wind of it or, or like, fuck, everybody has a cell phone nowadays. How does, how does nobody like get a video of any of this or a photo of like some sort of contract coming from them? Right. Like it's, it's And crazy. I'm wondering yeah.
0: how tight to the chest they kept it. Right. Because that's the thing is like, I and maybe this was only a year, right? Maybe this was just at the last draft or something, because if this was over, like they were doing this to multiple prospects every year. You would think that eventually some ex employee of the Yotes is going to catch wind of it and report it. So maybe that did happen. And they they the NHL ignored it. I don't know, but a lot of speculation there. But I'm surprised it didn't come out sooner either. Like with the over 20 violations, just to make that like not sound as bad. I'm almost hoping it's only like a year or two that they were actually doing this. Because if this was over several years, it's shocking that it didn't come out, but
1: I mean, at the most, I you, would, I mean, I guess you could hope I, you would think that it kind of came in with John Chaka took over the general management there, which was four years ago now. Right. Like that was McDavid's but job.
0: It, the, I, as far as what I've read and feel free, if anyone listening knows more than we do tweeted us or something, but as far as I know, like it could have been before him too. Right. It was just the Yotes organization. Like we don't know at all. Both you and I are like mega speculating here, right? We're like, we really have like I have zero clue what's happening, info man. That I pulled, yeah.
1: I'm a goddamn podcaster in the middle of Montreal, and you're talking to me from Edmonton. I got no clue what's happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. Um, so another thing I wanted to talk about, Kyle, was you saw in the last couple of games, we've had a couple of embellishment calls, which is not a typical call in hockey, and there's a lot of discussion amongst fans. And I'm trying to remember one of the TSN guys, I think it was one of the producers, sorry, I'm completely blanking on his name, but he had tweeted out that it's like, I've never understood how it can be embellishment and a penalty. Like if it's a penalty, does it really matter if the guy embellished? And on the flip side, if he embellishes and it's not a penalty, like, you know, it's like if he doesn't actually get tripped and he goes down, that's embellishment if he gets tripped, even if he goes down like a ton of bricks, that's still a penalty. Like who cares if he went down like a ton of bricks, because at the end of the day, every NHL player sells every call that they can like, but every penalty is an embellishment either. It's just a weird topic. Like, where do you think on that?
1: I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. It, it's such a hard call, the embellishment call. And unless and, and to me that it's so blatant that you have to call it right. Like I think just, just a, Related to the Oilers, I, do you think Clef bombs penalty should have been embellishment? Like, that was a joke call as far as I was concerned. I don't think it's like that at all. Um, sure, players are told to sell calls, and there's definitely a lot of that that happens. But well,
0: because the issue is, is you if you fight through calls, refs don't fucking call Yeah, they call don't call them. them. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. it's like but, you but have I also to embellish somebody, to get
1: calls. <laughs> I also see somebody getting a stick in the face, like, leaning their head way back or, like, even fall into the ice from it, which have been called embellishment right? I, I can see myself doing that reaction if I was to get smashed well, in the sure. face, right? so
0: I'm not a hockey player. So I've never gotten a high stick to the face. Talking to other hockey players, you really get the feeling that like you have no idea how much that hurts. I mean, you think of even like a softer high stick, like a blade smacking you in the face, which is a sensitive area. Hell yeah. Would I grab my face and go down like a ton of bricks? Like, absolutely. Dude, it's not even when on the same level. Visor and then they do that. That's obviously a
1: different story. Dude, it's not even on the same level, but think about like when you stub your toe. Like <laughs> like it's such an instant reaction where you're like, holy fuck, did I break it? Oh my God, what happened, right? Like, and it's instant pain. Oh, man. I can think it's only my like five times, right now, worse, times worse, 10 times worse than that, right? <laughs> like it's a, it's a pain where you're not expecting it. It's coming out. It's in your fucking face.
0: I think they are mutually exclusive to be honest. Like, and I don't expect the rest to get it every single time, but it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like- if you get tripped and you get legitimately tripped, the guy's stick gets caught under your skate or in between your legs and you go down like a ton of bricks to make sure the ref sees it and maybe embellish it a bit, I don't think that should be an embellishment penalty. Why? Because that happens on every single penalty. Like, guys uh, sell calls. I mean, okay, well... Can... But in in the case where... And this is kind of where almost video review comes in. I don't want to get into that conversation because sure. I know it takes way too much. It would take way too much time out of the game. And it takes away from the but spirit of the game. Embellishment to me... Is like we were saying, when a guy gets high, looks like he gets high sticked, but it actually just clipped his visor and didn't hit his face and he goes down like a ton of bricks, that's embellishment. When a guy's skate stick just kind of gets like into a guy's skates and he doesn't actually get tripped, but he just feels it there and he goes down like a ton of bricks, that's different. But getting high sticked in the face, and then throwing your head back, like that's not embellishment. Getting getting a blatant hook and then getting like like spinning yourself around so the ref can see it, that's at the end of the day, like the, the player's stick was where it shouldn't be. That's a penalty. I will clarify because I know a lot of people listening are gonna be like, well, how do you expect a ref to like get that yeah, right that's my full point. Yeah. full speed, right? So what I'm saying is I almost think they should just take embellishment out of the game. No. And the Department of Player Safety should massively fine players for embellishing. If you if you embellish on a penalty that wasn't actually a penalty in that, I'm going to go back to that same example, you look like you get high stick, but it just hits your helmet and it doesn't even touch your face and you go down like... I'm honestly fine with a player getting suspended a game for that. Why
1: can't it be both, though? Like, why why can't there be a fine for, for that as well? Like, even if it's not an embellishment penalty that's called, but a penalty gets called and it hits a guy in the visor. But also, like, just just to kind of do a callback earlier in the season, remember when Joe Thornton punched Peter Mrazek and Mrazek, like, died on oh, the ice? Oh, boy, do I. Yeah. Yeah. So if that wasn't a goaltender, that's embellishment, right? Like, he embellishes a goalie. His goddamn team made fun of him.
0: Sure. But at the end of the day, what's the original penalty? It's Joe Thornton punching him in the face. Like, I don't care if they embellish actual penalties. I care if they embellish stuff that isn't a penalty.
1: But I think that you can call an embellishment penalty on that alone and not a fucking rough and call.
0: I got to get back to the point, though, where I feel like if there's a legit penalty, I don't care if you sell it, because if players don't sell it, the refs don't call them. But if there isn't a penalty and you're just trying to create... I, dude, bullshit I, I made agree penalties. with you. I just
1: think that there's like an extent where that can still be a penalty, right? Like if a guy's flopping around on the ice, like like everybody wants to make fun of soccer for, right? Where a guy gets knocked in the shin or, or barely gets touched and all of a sudden he's rolling around like that. like Not that that happens in hockey, but if it was to, there better be a goddamn penalty for a guy pulling that shit. And if he's allowed to just go around and act like every penalty was a penalty until he gets fined the day after, I mean... I don't think we're ever going to come to an agreement on this conversation, John, like as much as we do it on every other one. I don't really understand
0: your point, though, to be honest. Like I don't what situation is it bad to say what I'm suggesting is what I don't understand.
1: I'm not saying, dude, I agree with your suggestion. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying there's I, I really don't think that there's a need to get rid of the penalty entirely. I get what you're saying, that the fines will take it away. But will it? I mean, if it's if it's a game where you need a power play and you really sell it, you know, like it's it's worth. And then you
0: get suspended for a game. But it's and worth it though. It's still worth
1: it if the points. If, if it's a four point game, say it's a battle of Alberta, and like Cassian instead of going back, he just drops to the ice and acts like he's fucking dead. Like
0: we'll agree to disagree, but yeah,
1: I agree to I, I, just, I, I think, I it's think stupid they stupid implement- when it's a
0: legit penalty and it's all of a sudden it's a four on four because you took a legit penalty, but the guy went down easy. Like it's kind of one or the other.
1: The fine should be there to. Take away the amount of acting that happens, I guess, right? But like at the same time, I, I just think that the ref should be calling an embellishment unless it's very obvious. Is is my point? Oh, and I agree. Guess. Agreed. There, that, for that's, sure. That's, that's like, my I whole point, there. dude. Yeah. Is like if, if it's a player, like I said earlier, I was my point saying that if a player throws his head back when you get high stick, I, that's not an embellishment at all, dude. You get no, you get yeah, your legs taken out and you go reaction, sliding into the sure. boards, whatever. Like whatever the case, like yeah. I am on the side of the player that's the victim of the penalty a hundred percent of the time but if the referee can straight up just see like that guy is bullshitting right now i have no problem with the embellishment penalty and if they add on the fine afterwards as well as add on the fines for the penalties that aren't called embellishment bro 100 i'm on your side we can agree there it's it's just the I, I i can agree with you that embellishment penalties are for the most part bullshit calls like that's what i can agree on you with but i don't think that they should get rid of the rule yeah
0: i mean i think i think they should get called less but anyways yeah. speaking of embellishment I don't think Dvorak was embellishing, hey?
1: My God, that I didn't see that video. until Reddit the next day, but...
0: <laughs> me, me neither. I, like, I didn't see it until like days later. I think I saw it yesterday on Saturday, and that game was what, on Tuesday against the Yotes? So anyone that's out of the loop, a video surfaced of Darnell Nurse butt-ending Dvorak, who was on his back, just got buried by, I believe it was Ethan Baer, and he Nurse butt-ends him directly in the dick and balls and man did that hurt to watch and we're going to talk more about darnell obviously with the contract rumors stirring up a little bit here but like honestly i think he deserves a suspension for that it was gross
1: yeah i I totally agree with you like uh it's it's suspension worthy it totally is That's a dirty play a dirty dirty play and i watched the ufc last night and that Shot to the dick made me hurt more than any punch I saw get thrown last night. Oh, I thought sure. you were saying there
0: was a punch in the dick in, in the UFC. I was like, damn, I missed no, it. No, no. just, as, just a, as a man, I don't want to watch it, but at the same time, I kind of want to uh, see it. Dude,
1: any, anytime I see anybody just get a ball shot, like, it just makes my belly hurt. Oh,
0: And the thing was that was weird is, like, I think we can all agree that Darnell Nurse is obviously a pretty tough guy, and he defends his teammates, but... He wasn't defending anyone. Dvorak did nothing wrong. He was driving hard to the net. The whistle went. Bear and him kind of got turned or got kind of tangled up. Bear finished him. And Dvorak's just laying on the ground. And Nurse is like, oh, there's some balls unprotected right there. Bang. Like it was, I I mean, I'm not going to excuse it. At the end of the day, I'm sure it was a heat of the moment. I, I hope that he regrets that. But at the end of the day, there's no excuse for doing that to another competitor. And yeah, Kyle and I are both in agreement. Like honestly, if Darnell Nurse got a two or three game suspension for that right now, I'd have absolutely no problem with it. I'd have a I would not defend him whatsoever. That. Like that, it, it was. It's a gross play, man. Has like I, I like Darnell. I know he kind of seems like public enemy number one on this podcast sometimes, but I genuinely do like him. But there's just no excuse for that at the end of the day. But anyways, let's talk about how much this uh, this dick butt ender get deserves to get paid. <laughs> Okay, just me. I, I was the only one that thought that was
1: funny. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> Fuck you. I was I was hoping for a 8-year contract at uh, like 12.5 million. Is what? Uh, me
0: too. I just to just
1: give him the money. Yo, He's a perfect player. Bro, he does ball shots. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. Like you know who is not given ball shots? Connor McDavid
1: or Christian Dvorak? God damn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: those are some soft soft hockey players. They're not punching anybody's balls. They're not sticking their stick in people's sticks. <laughs> They're not. I they never shoot a guy. I make myself laugh yeah. sometimes. Anyways. Jesus. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> that was a random reference. <laughs> um, but so contract rumors, two year, 5.5, 5.6. Is that different kind of rumors that 5.6 was kind of confirmed, but not like legit, legit confirmed quite yet?
1: Yeah, well, it's Bob, Bob McKenzie tweeted out 5.5. Darren Drager tweeted at Bob McKenzie and said it's finalizing at 5.6, shade higher than... Okay, let's just go off that
0: 5.6. Thank you for the sources, Kyle. You're welcome. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, we've kind of already talked about this in our past episodes here, right? I I don't think that Nurse is worth $6 million a year. And I definitely don't think he was worth the $8 million a year that his camp was pushing. We had already talked previously over another bridge contract coming into effect here. I don't hate it. I still wish that it was less if it was going to be that amount. The reason that I hate it more than anything, I guess, is that if we were to sign him to a long-term deal last year and have Morrissey as a comparable, like what it was when we re-signed him, Morrissey gets paid $750,000 more than Nurse's new contract now, and he has six years left. And they're buying
0: several UFA years on Morrissey. So so here's the thing. So... And I don't mean to throw you on the spot here, Kyle, because I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Like I completely agree with you. But let's say the number you and I want—like, would you be happy with two years, four point five?
1: Why would I not be?
0: Like stoked, right? Yeah. So, do you think that's fair? Is that a fair deal, to the nurse, or do you think he's underpaid at that? Level? No, I think there, to, I think nurse
1: is very much worth five million right now.
0: Okay, I don't. So I'm not, not actually sad.
1: I'm not sad with this contract. It's just a bit of an overpay. That's it.
0: And me neither, but let's just, let's just say 5 million at two years. Cause at the end of the day, like we said, Morrissey's making a little over six, but you're buying UFA years and you're buying prime UFA years. So a player's going to get paid more for that. So I'm with you where it's like, Hey man, we're walking you to UFA. You got to take not just $750,000 less. Like you got to take over a million less in my opinion. But other than that, what I just said, where it's like, you're not buying UFA years, you can't just say like, oh, this is what we want nurse at. And I know you're not just saying that, but what is the reasoning you give to nurse and his agent being like, we can't do that. You're getting two years by five if you want two years or we'll, we'll sign you to a seven by 6.25.
1: Funny that you ask that. Um, as, as much as I hate Brian Burke, like actually despise every opinion that he has for the most part, right? Yeah, he looks like an absolute steez bag too with
0: that slick back hair. <laughs> for like, sure. Oh, it's, it's, it's fucking gross. Sorry, go on.
1: Well, I've been working through my back catalog of spinning chicklets. So I'm probably six behind now. And, uh, and he was on there more than that. It was probably 10 or 12 episodes back for chicklets, but, uh, but he talks about his time as a general manager, right? And the work that he and his management would put in when they would go into a contract negotiation, uh, for a UFA or RFA more whoever, or less right? trying to shit on the player <laughs> no but like honestly they, no? they would okay. no Burke Burke actually it was the one time when he was on Chicklets where I was like wow this guy doesn't sound like such a piece of shit like he talked about his gay son <laughs> and everything that he's doing towards <laughs> for him and, and the gay community and he's all been fairly all really of...
0: open about that which is like, cool he, he, he actually sounded like a gay like guy I was, dude, was like holy like, fuck like, I don't hate this dude right it. now so
1: anyways like yeah. he was talking about how him and his management team would do their due diligence and and really really look into a player and all of his comparables and what he's worth and they would go in there and they would offer him like you know they'd say it's a offseason right and he's like we think that you're a two million dollar player right um but his, his team is pushing for 3 or, or 3.2 or 3.5 whatever but they the players can't. yeah is. the players yeah. camp sorry but uh, but Burke and his management would never move off that too it'd be the first offer they gave him it'd be the last offer they gave him and he's like I would piss off sorry I would piss off every agent that came into my office because they'd always be looking for you to budge right budge 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 you got to come up that's the right they,
0: they think you're leaving yeah. a little bit of wiggle room exactly there and, and, and he's not. like
1: no I'm not I've done all my work these are all the comparables these are all the players that have signed over the last two years that are doing the this exact same point production worth. what you're worth and if you're going to go to the open market you're going to get half a million dollars less than what you i'm giving you right now so l- at least in that respect i really like the way that burke seemed to handle his management team in that this is what we're giving you you don't like it figure it out but this is what you're getting if you want to work here figure it out <laughs> bud <laughs> to be fair to be sorry. fair <laughs> To be fair. I, I, I got to really <laughs> fight
0: off the urge to just go off letter
1: Kenny quotes now. But uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I really do like that. I think that it, there needs to be a little bit more hardball played. Um, I mean, we, we call back already to the casting contract, right? Like he has one goal in the last 14 games, which I love casting to death, but that's not a $3.2 million player. No. Right. So it, it, there needs to be a little bit more hardball being played to these contracts. Like uh, that should have been 2.5. This should have been five. And as we talked, well, I guess as we'll talk in the future when we're on vacation about our contract situation, right? Like that—that uh, that seven million, or sorry, seven hundred thousand from Cassian, and the six hundred thousand potentially from Nurse that we're talking about, right? Like that's one point three million dollars. That's another fourth line player, or some more money put towards that third line center or top six winger that we need, right? So that's a lot of money Absolutely. when it keeps. Absolutely, it all up. adds yeah. up
0: real quick for sure. Well, Kyle, you just nailed it with that rant. I completely agree with you. So. I think we're fair to move on. Let's let's talk about these games, hey. Do it. Okay, let's uh I, I mean I'm gonna fucking bump this thing right now. I feel like bump is like sounds like a really bad like drug in you Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's cocaine, but, but yeah. I, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do this month's all because the fucking Oilers lost on the Sharks game. Kyle mentioned my betting earlier on in the ad read and was saying, I don't know if John's been winning. I had an unreal month of January and I'm not just talking the Oilers. I was hitting puck line parlays with like three, four teams, betting 10 bucks, getting like $90 payouts left and right. Luckily I withdrew that money and just played with like a bit of the winnings. And I am at a point where I have of those little winnings, I left like a hundred bucks in. The Super Bowl bend me over. The Sharks game bend me over because I was confident the others are going to roll the Sharks and my mistake there. So that little bit of leftover winnings has been whittled down to zero. So I'm taking a little bit of a break on the sports gambling for a month or two and I'm, I'm going to Vegas in like two weeks. So let's be real, like not a month or two. I'm taking a break from sports gambling for like two weeks. I mean, I do a ton when I'm down there. But anyways, Oilers lose. So it's that time of the podcast where I do a smelling salt, unfortunately. <clears throat> Let's do this. I'm going to try not to gag this time. I'm like, I'm genuinely trying not to gag. But if anyone's like sympathetic gaggers, you might want to just skip forward like 30 seconds. Just, here. just so John oh, yeah, and everybody else
1: knows I bought smelling salts too, and I'll be getting mine tomorrow. So next time they lose, I'll be doing them as well.
0: Oh, it's going to be so bad. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh. <laughs> Oh, it burns. It burns so bad, but so good at the same time. Oh,
1: oh it's oh. fucking ridiculous every time you do my it. Eyes yeah. are,
0: my eyes fucking water every time, dude. Oh, it fires me up, though. Like, I'm ready to go. Let's talk about the Sharks game. We're going to be brief because we're, we only got like 20 minutes left, and we got to talk about that Preds game, obviously. Kyle, I'm going to kick it off because I'm fired up right now.
1: Do it. Rant away, but
0: I don't mean to pick on anybody, but I'm going to. I hate doing this. Jujar Kara is a fucking passenger right now. He's a fucking absolute passenger, and this is not the time of the year, and this is not the team where we're finally turning it around to be a passenger. That's going to be the the word of the episode here. We're not doing code words anymore because we're taking a break on the giveaways. But if we were, it'd be it'd be passenger. I don't know what it is. Like I, I genuinely don't like this dude has the epitome of a body of a power forward, and. Watching him lose puck battles and be lazy is so wildly frustrating, especially in a game where, as the letter Kenny coach says, your guy's got no jam. I feel like sinusy right now. Do I sound sinusy?
1: You're good. Keep it up, bud. You're good.
0: When your team has no jam, Kara is one of those guys that you expect to like lay a big hit, win puck battles, cycle hard to get that momentum going. And he is just absolutely not doing that. There was a play that I specifically remember from the Sharks game where he is in front of the net battling with a Sharks player. One of the Oilers players has the puck on the end boards on the left-hand side. He passes the puck down around the boards below the goal line right behind the net. And Kara flat out loses the puck battle like immediately before the puck even gets there, gets beat off the jump and then just gives up doesn't even battle through the defenseman. The puck hasn't even arrived there there yet. Defenseman's only three feet away, four feet away. All he has to do is take a stride, stick check him, play the body, and at least slow down the defenseman from making a tie-up. Instead, his stick drops out of his other hand and he skates back on the back check. And it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, do you not understand your role? And then you look at how Yamamoto plays, who's like half a foot shorter than he is. Probably 45 pounds lighter, if not more. And it's unacceptable, man. So I'm not... I hate calling guys out specifically because that was a bad game all the way around. But for a guy like Kara that's been... He got sad at the start of January. He gets put back in after the bye week and the All-Star game to play the Flames. And I didn't think he played terribly in those games, but everybody's fired up. That's a high-emotion game. And then the team is just doesn't have any momentum doesn't have any effort and he's just filling in right with the guys not providing anything i don't i'm i'm pretty close to honestly being done with kara like he needs a big bounce back in my books
1: well i got the rant before but john got the rant there i don't disagree with anything that you said kara to me is our most inconsistent player it's been consistently inconsistent. He's pretty much yeah. been having a good two-week period once or twice a season for the past three years now.
0: He had that one year where he scored, what, like 12 or 16 goals or something like that? Yeah. No, yeah. No, but it's it's like, other than that, like, and it's not even the production, man. Like, if he played like Josh Archibald or Ry- Riley Sheehan, man, put up 12 points a year. I could give it hell.
1: Honestly, like like you say too, the thing that pisses me off about Kara the most is the laziness. It's the no emotional game. It's like you say, like Kyler is allowed or able, sorry, to to play with that physicality when he's like four or five inches smaller than the guy and a good thirty to fifty pounds lighter. Like it's it's quite ridiculous, frankly. I I mean Kara has a prime opportunity to be a roster player and and somebody by the way that's a role model to quite a huge group of people and be able to take that responsibility and role and, and, and actually like flourish on a team with the greatest or two greatest players in the world right now right and and he could fill in that third line role he can have great offensive potential when he actually shows up and if he was to actually just work the corners and drive the cycle like his frame is meant to play fuck man like there's there's our third line solution right there like we have three full lines rolling and at, and at that point honestly we have four it sucks because kara has been a favorite of mine that i keep wanting to show up but he just consistently has not he
0: almost reminds me of being in high school and like the six five center that's uncoordinated as hell but he's huge that wants to be a point guard. Exactly. Like that's what the way he plays. He thinks he's like a fast, small skill guy, and he's not. And I, I feel like, you know, I need to clarify that. As I know you were as well, Kyle. Like up until a couple of months ago, I was a very big fan of Kara. Kara, I really liked like when he's on. I like how he plays, and. I kind of had just chalked it up where like the inconsistency, it's like, he's just figuring it out. And now it's like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to leave it at that. Like he's a passenger and it's so very, very frustrating, especially in games like that. And like, he wasn't the only one that I wasn't impressed with that night. Like the other guys, like Cassian, chase on, like those are guys that need to be providing a spark to the lineup. When the rest of the lineup isn't firing when our when our big guns aren't carrying the team those are the guys some of the guys they need to step up
1: you would think that our team considering we have numerous players that are supposed to be fulfilling that role that just one of them doing it would kind of push the other ones to keep doing it too but it seems like there's always just one guy that's well not one guy i guess it's 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 either one guy or it's the team it feels right it's it's never like they can keep pushing and, and, and build it up. I, I know that's kind of maybe harsh to say, but I feel like once Cassian's out of his groove or Kara's groove, it, like, it's just Yamamoto doing it. When
0: Cassian ever, whenever Cassian gets put back on the first line, I'm like really hoping for like a big jump from him. And he didn't play very much as we get into the Predators game. But yeah, like since signing that contract other than the Battle of Alberta, it's been like a lot to be hoping for is all it's been. And it's a very small sample size players have, you know, to be, to get back to the positive and hopefully logical, John players have bad games. Teams have bad games. It like over an 82 game season, it's going to happen. It was just, I felt, especially on the, at the sharks game, it was just the effort level was, was the biggest thing. And like the coordinated effort, you know, like there was guys working, but it was so, here and there and not just like a consistent effort level from everyone throughout the game.
1: And not to be negative, Nancy dude, but just to call back on Cassian, right? Like I, I love Cassian. He is to be quite honest out of like the, the kid three of nudes dry and McDavid, right? Like he's, he's probably my favorite player on the team. I, I love Cassian, right? Yeah, me too. but if he does not perform and get back, which I think he will, but if he cannot stay on McDavid's line, Holy fuck, is that contract going to be a horrible black mark, right? Like, that is going to be a—he just needs a top six role, and he'll be fine. But. No,
0: but even—but at the, it's not like he's getting paid an absurd amount of money. Like, I will actually kind of disagree there. As long as he can be a productive third liner, that contract's not awful, my fear is that he becomes a fourth liner that puts up like 20 25 points a year. I don't think he's a fourth liner. She I can do be, think he's like a like a 35 six. 40 point guy on the third line when when we eventually get that third line, whether it's Nuge centering it or an upgrade at 3C, I'm fine with that. Like if he can fit into that role after he, you know, eventually isn't suited for McDavid's wing anymore.
1: I guess it doesn't matter where he is. He just needs to click with the players he's at, right? Like, as we talked in the past, he's never going to be the player that drives the line. He's a he's a great uh, component exactly. to a good line, right? That's
0: kind of a, you know, transitioning here. So in between these games, Tippett apparently had a big rant and kicked a pile of pucks, which sounds very intense.
1: At least it's a <laughs> little bit more tame than a snapping turtle, but good on him.
0: <laughs> and he's not like... Uh, Who's the guy we still have? The old Flames coach that was chucking sticks?
1: Uh, Goldsan. Uh, Flame Goldsan. Yeah,
0: yeah. Goldsan. Didn't didn't pull a Goldson, but, you know, ranting and kicking pucks, getting the boys, getting some jam in the lineup, you know?
1: Fuck off with your letter Kenny shit, dude. <laughs> I just can't help it.
0: <laughs> First off, I thought it was really cool with the... Korean national anthem mixed with the English national anthem. I'm sure it was an awesome experience for that young lady. And yeah, I, I really liked it as a spectator. I thought it was a cool thing that they did. And obviously kind of celebrating that, you know, like multicultural, that multi-culture that Canada is. So I thought that was absolutely great. But moving on to the actual hockey game, Kara was still a bit no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was gonna say he was still a passenger. Um <laughs> let's talk about that for another 20 minutes. Um I was not thrilled in the first period. But luckily, the boys kind of pulled their comeback kid stunt and and got two points.
1: I mean, I feel like I'm going to talk about this game the same way that I talk about most. Or there's, like, losses, all, even though we came away with a win, right? Like, it's it's that not really showing up at the beginning of the game and, uh, and going down by two. Uh, the difference, though this year, right? Like it's it's been nice being able to watch a team that can go down and then know that they're potentially gonna fight back, right?
0: Well and then you look at the Sharks game, yeah. We went up to nothing in the Sharks game. Well exactly looked like we were just gonna roll them and then completely just fail.
1: Yeah, I, 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 have no basis for what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, right? Like, no, I agree yeah, you, just, like, it, it almost
0: it, seems better when we go down early. Yeah, like it gives them a drive the to fight back. I, I thought,
1: <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> I thought, honestly, like going into both the first two intermissions. It was pretty bad. I was pretty upset.
0: Me too. I, I was really not looking forward to taking two smelling salts, is what I was.
1: <laughs> I, I know we scored the power play goal there, like heading into the second intermission. So I don't mean like as yeah, it, one as that it banged ended. Off tourists. Yeah, the Yeah, but heading into the end of the second, I was like, fucking Christ, boys. Like, tip it better, goddamn yell at someone in there.
0: Man, that was such a big, like when you look at that own goal, I think not even so much to like fire the Oilers up. Like, I think they got fired up just being down and knowing they had to battle back in the third and that intermission, whatever happened in that room. Yeah. But I felt like it was kind of a a knock on Soros's confidence. Because even though it was like a very unlucky goal, it's not like that was like a bang, bang, like, like bullet into the net. I felt like Soros, like he just didn't see the puck because it was a weird deflection. And it kind of just trickled like right by him slowly. So I felt like that was almost like, Watching the first like 39 minutes and 40 some seconds, Saros looked like a goalie that I was like, this guy, even if we were playing well, might just steal this game. And just getting that one lucky bounce, I feel like was a huge knock to his confidence and really kind of like paved the way for the Oilers to come back in the third
1: agreed well that's a lot of goalies right like
0: oh for sure i'm not i'm not reffing on sorrows just yeah like any goalie right like you're feeling it you're feeling it. you're like just about through 40 minutes just about have a shutout another 20 minutes that late minute goal nine seconds left right you know banks off of a player that's really struggling on your team right now and goes right into your net and you're just like fuck
1: yeah especially at the end of the period right like if you're a goalie and it happens say five minutes left right you can still face and another couple, couple shots and you know exactly. shake it off that's you're good, good to go but as soon as that goal gets scored and then you go spend 18 minutes in the room just in your own thoughts thinking about god damn what could you have done to stop that right like yeah that's how that's how it starts for a goalie it's all a mental game oh, i mean as much mental as it is physical
0: so with that out of the way we, we know we got to talk about that second line but before we get there Smith played his 600th career game, I believe.
1: Yes, he did. He played his 600th, yeah.
0: You know, I felt like the first goal, he definitely probably wanted back, and then the second goal was a deflection that he also looked pretty frustrated with. Got banked five-hole. But after that, made some absolutely huge stops when he needed to keep the boys in the game. So he's been absolutely lights out since he struggled, and and kind of took over that temporary starting position through December. And since the new year, man, this guy's been absolutely lights out, been absolutely huge for the Oilers. But I remember was at the start of the second period when we had a extended penalty kill, he made some huge saves there to not go down three nothing. And I I felt like he was almost like as the boys came back, he almost didn't really get acknowledged enough. He was a key player in that win because that game kind of got ugly. Like there were some moments where Nashville was just all over us and he really came up big.
1: Well, I I think he was the reason that we even had a chance, right? Like, goddamn, the the Oilers were just giving the puck away for the first two, right? So and and then again, like to just face the, the penalty kill and, and fight through it and give our guys a shot, right? Those are all parts of, of how you win a hockey game, right? Like that gold nine seconds left, as well as the huge saves being put up by your goaltender, right? Like everybody has to play a part and, and he definitely played his.
0: That's so key, especially with this team as we're still I mean at times, they look really good defensively. And at times, you can tell that it's still a young team figuring out how to defend at a consistent basis at the NHL level. So huge that that veteran's coming in and obviously giving, you know, a good backstop when he's in there. But we've obviously, like I said before, we've got to talk about that second line. I mean, not only dry Dreisaitl, but just before we get into the dry talk, Nuge with two absolutely filthy saucers setting up both of... Dreisaitl's goals, especially the first one off the rush. That backhand sauce honestly looked like Dreisaitl was making a pass to Dreisaitl. That's how good Nuge's pass was. Nuge, like everybody's stoked. Obviously, Dreisaitl's kind of been dominating. Yamamoto's been a huge help to that second line, a big add as far as that call-up. But man, like Nuge is on his game right now and he's showing why he was that first round pick and kind of shutting up the... for a cliche lack of a better term, those haters in saying that he was a bust of a first overall pick, which you see that a lot on Reddit or Twitter or whatever from not not so much Oilers fans, but other fans, but awesome to see him really starting to click with that line, man. Now that he actually has some quality, quality line mates.
1: And he's been one that's consistently kind of been a victim of that, That being said, he's not good enough, but also having to carry the shittiest players on the team consistently, right? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, definitely nice that he gets to play with Dry and Yams now and be part of the, like, really the best line on the team. So I think he has quietly been, um, even though the other two are more highlighty, like, the most consistent, stable player on that line. Drysaddle has some, you know, effort inconsistency issues still that he's still working through. And, and I mean, Yamamoto's Yamamoto. He's played amazing, of course, right? Like, I don't want to take anything away from the kid, but Nuge is kind of the veteran presence on that line and the one that's keeping it solid and and I think controlling most of the play most times, right? So, um, yeah, I, I want nothing for success with Nuge. I want Nuge to stay here forever, so.
0: You have to keep Nuge forever. Oilers oh, there's Nation's shirt there. As far as dry settle goes, I completely agree with you there on Nuge. Obviously, we can talk about the goals, but everybody saw the goals. I mean, it was huge. I thought it was funny that I think Drew pulled up a like reference that it was the last two or three games against Nashville, Dry has two goals in each game. And this was like at the end of the second period where Dry said had none and then comes out in the third period and scores two goals to extend that streak, which I thought was awesome. And while we're on the topic of Drew... I know it looked bad when McDavid went down. We're obviously all concerned that it's like, you know, like, is he shaken up? Is he actually genuinely injured again? But one funny moment that I couldn't help but laugh, Drew said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Connor McDavid just doesn't look right. Literally, as the words escaped his mouth, McDavid makes a hard drive to the net, blows by a guy, and creates a real bad opportunity. <laughs> and it was just like, and Drew even laughed about it. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, you can't be right all the time. i paraphrasing <laughs> there, like something like that. But I thought it was really funny that it was just like, oh man, like imagine being a color guy. And McDavid did look a little shaken up, right? Like it was probably a little bit of pain. Tippett came out later and said it was a bruise on his knee and no big deal, thankfully. But as a color guy, you're just, I felt like he kind of got criticized, especially in the Reddit thread where people were like, Oh man, Drew's so stupid. Like Connor's fine. And he's just trying to provide color to the game. He's doing his job. And he just (laughs) says that trying to, yeah, he's doing his job. And then McDavid's just like, Hey man, I'm just going to make you eat those words like real quick.
1: (laughs) He probably heard him from up in the Rafters.
0: Maybe he did. Yeah. He's like, yeah, shut up, Drew. I'm fine. But, um, sorry, getting back to dry side there outside of the goals. Man, talk about big dick energy for this guy. I saw on the, I don't, I can't remember quite if it was the first or second goal. I think it was the first goal he scored. They go around the net and there's a Nashville defenseman like right there next to him, just behind the net, like goals already in. And he's not even really, he doesn't get in Dreisettle's way. But I think his hand was kind of extended to the side that got slightly in Dry Saddle's way. So, right after Dry scores, he skates around the net, it gets in his way, and he just like shoves the guy's hand, like this big, like macho move. And then on the other goal, when he's going by the bench, he's like kind of taunting the Nashville bench in like a yeah, like that was for real. I don't know, I couldn't lip read, so I, I have no idea what he said, but he was definitely saying some shit to that bench.
1: Yeah, well, he's finally found his game. He's definitely like a top five player in the league now. That's at least debatable, and I think he's in there. So he's got to carry that swag, right? I'd be doing it too if I just lit your team up and got back in the lead in the third period there. Check out this wrench. Yeah. (laughs) You ever seen German engineering at its finest? Right fucking here, bitch.
0: Like, don't get me wrong. If I was a Nashville fan, I'd be like, I hate Drysital. Like, without a doubt. I'm not saying that what he's doing is sportsmanlike or anything like that. But I just love players that play with that swagger when you can tell that they're like. And, and I think to get like you know in the real world, arrogance is a bad thing, right? But when you get to sports, like you look at all time greats. I mean, Gretzky was like fairly modest, but in other sports, you look at all time greats like Jordan. Like Jordan was an arrogant prick. LeBron's fairly cocky especially in basketball, but even in hockey, there's guys that are pretty arrogant. And I feel like to get to that level of an athlete, that's almost a trait you kind of have to have. Like you have to genuinely think you're better than everyone. And even when you look at guys like Gretzky and McDavid, they were just kind of trained from a different age to be more modest. But I think deep down they have that arrogance too. yeah. Like, I think a little there's no it. way like McDavid definitely knows he's the best player in the world. He's never going to, he doesn't want to create controversy, right? Like he's been trained so much, but especially like Dry Settle, where he's kind of in the Malkin role playing second fiddle. I love that arrogance. Like I genuinely do. And that swagger.
1: I think a little bit of that comes from the way that he's been mentored into this league as well. I think he's, I mean, he is the best player that we've developed inside of our system. That wasn't like McDavid, right? It, he yeah. he had to go down, McDavid, he came back up, right? Up. And and when he came back up, Todd McClellan really took him under his wing. And and he really tried to push the dry settle that he doesn't have to just follow McDavid and keep up to him. He can he can actually compete with him. I mean Dry Settle's
0: a prime example of the like oh, he'd be a superstar if his skating wasn't so bad as a prospect, right? Like exactly. he really put the work in there. Exactly. And was like, yeah. no, I'm gonna be a superstar. Yeah. Like put that work in, become a way better skater. And I mean, he, he's the epitome of a power forward in the game right now. Like I know a lot of other fans will use other players as far as that, even like McKinnon's like a fairly big guy. Like I think Dry's gotta be like, he's
1: Who's a unit? He's
0: what I want a power forward. Like I can't change anything else. So, but anyways, we are running a little bit long here. So we're gonna, we're gonna wrap that up. But the one thing we haven't mentioned is Tyler Benson got sent down again. And we're gonna hear what Kyle thinks about that feel like i'm gonna hit on it here because i'm fairly confident but i think it was really it was similar to what yamamoto got called up before this stint i think it was important to get him up get him to see firsthand what it takes to be successful at the nhl level and send him back down and let him work on that And i think it's going to help him in the long run and i think he's going to come into camp and be a top six top nine winger and really make an impact next year um as far as his play. In the NHL, I don't think he looked terrible, but he definitely didn't steal any jobs. And he just looked a little bit lost. He looked a little bit slow out there, which is completely fine. Like that's to be expected. And kudos to the Oilers management realizing he wasn't ready. And instead of dicking around with him for another two weeks and practicing and in and out of the lineup, they just said, no, he gets a first hand. send him back down, let him get more seasoning and we'll take another look.
1: I have nothing to add to that. That was literally the words out of my mouth.
0: See that arrogance for me? That's how you beat Leon Dreisaitl on the mic. (laughs) Gross. Sorry, those smelling salts make me a completely different person. Yeah, total douchebag. We got that arrogance. We're going to wrap it up there. Uh, yeah, Yeah, thank you. Oilers are off for a few days here. We will be back in your ears next Thursday, though, talking about that Blackhawks game against the Oilers on Tuesday. And honestly, thank you, Flames, for getting that win against Vancouver the other night. Oilers are currently in second one point back from those awful Vancouver Canucks, but we do have a game in hand as well. So we could take first. Could have been first if we beat San Jose. Let's go, Oilers. Have a great start to your week, everybody. You will hear from us again on Thursday. Okay, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Oil Country Podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate the support. As far as our schedule, we do release episodes every Monday and Thursday through the Hockey Podcast Network. You can search them up on any podcast app, SoundCloud, iTunes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the whole nine yards. The other new exciting thing that's going to be happening in the next uh, about a week into February is we are getting our own individual feeds with the Hockey Podcast Network. So you can still continue to subscribe to the main feed and get thirty-one teams' podcasts in addition to the extra ones with Terry Ryan, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. or. If you want to just listen to us, if that's you're just looking for your Oilers fix, you can look up the Oil Country podcast feed presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. That's the best way to get our episodes as early as possible and auto download those to your device or stream them or whatever you want to do.
1: After you guys listen to us, if you want to get in contact with us or give us any feedback, we would love if you could hit us up on Twitter at at Oil Country Pod. Or you can leave us a text or a voicemail at 587-415-2894. You
0: can also reach us at www.oilcountrypodcast.com. We are a little bit late with updating our archived episodes, so we're a little bit behind there. We know most people listen to a feed, so we're not super, super concerned there. But that is on our to-do list. But you can contact us through there if you want to be a guest on our show leave a question for us, you can contact us through that website and it's got a little bit more information for you there as well. One of the things, if you are enjoying what you're hearing from us, The thing you can do that helps us out the absolute most, obviously sharing on social media, et cetera, et cetera, but if you leave us a review, I know some services don't let you leave that review, but I know if you're on iTunes or Google Play, anything like that, if you leave us a positive review, five-star review, if you are really liking us, that helps us with the charts and to gain more listeners and everything like that, and it would be very much appreciated.
1: The one last thing that we're going to do before we leave you is we want to give a shout out to our personal partner, Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta. If you go in there at any time, you can say THPN to your server and you'll get 10% off your bill.
0: We are another exciting thing going on with Alley Cat. We are planning on recording a live episode at the end of the month when Kyle is in Edmonton. So we're going to do that on location Keep that in mind. We're going to, we'll get you guys more details and everything like that as we get a little bit closer to the date. But if anybody wants to come in and meet us or sit in on a live recording, you can definitely do that. And we are super stoked to have uh, maybe just a couple beers at Alley Cat and see what happens with the night.
1: I'm having more than a couple for sure.
0: (laughs) Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you guys on next episode.